Welcome back to another Movie Mastery Podcast. I'm John, with me, as always, is Jeff. We are watching movies all October long, every week, once a week, all horror, all the time, all day. Dot com. Every day, all 100 years. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> this week, we've got a wonderful little uh, sequel for you. It is The Woman... In Black 2, Angel of Death. Oh, it's a sequel? I thought it was like a From Justin to Kelly situation. <laughs> like, like it was called The Woman in Black 2, Angel of Death. Like, the two of them are gonna, like, hook yeah. up. Woman in Black 2, Angel of Death. <laughs> Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. <laughs> I thought it was. I've never heard of The Woman in Black. Oh, The Woman in Black was great. I saw that shit in theaters. <laughs> okay, was it good? Uh, it was pretty decent. I mean, it's more jump scare than anything, which is... I'm going to assume, we watched the trailer, uh, I'm going to assume that's probably going to be the case with this as well. There were a couple of slow, mostly just slow hands moving around, but otherwise, yeah, it looks like it's going to be one of those door slams, stuff appears in frame type films. And even then, in the preview, it's like, oh, there's a hand, and then it immediately cuts to, and like, violin screeching and and shit. And there's nothing actually there. Yeah. I assume there's going to be a lot of scares in this movie that are nothing was there. Oh yeah, well, I mean, the first woman in black was like... I'm doing something, I'm doing something. Oh, the pipes made a noise! And the pipes making a noise isn't even all that happens. It's the pipes make a noise, and then we have screechy violins, and we do, like, weird camera shots. Mm. Like, okay, great. I don't really care for horror movies in general, and that's my least favorite kind. The only way a jump scare movie can redeem itself to me is if it's on a spaceship. Because at least then I've got cool visuals to look at. Even if the vast majority of jump scare spaceships appear to be filmed in factories. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, space factory. That's what they generally are. It's like... Oh, welcome to our spaceship. It's got a whole bunch of heavy copper piping and a concrete floor. <laughs> uh, okay, so this uh, this movie from the trailer, Predictions, uh, you didn't see the first Woman in Black, so I'll have to try and fill you in while we're watching. Oh, I- I'm assuming I'm going to be missing a tremendous amount of information about the Woman in Black, the titular woman oh, yeah. in titular black. Well, I mean, the first movie had fucking Harry Potter in it, so... Oh, this one did not have a Harry Potter. I'm sad now. I didn't know I missed out on some Harry Potter. Yeah, you missed out on Harry Potter being menaced by an old lady. You know, I'm alright with that, because the last time I saw, what's his name, Daniel something or other? Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe in a film, it was Horns. Hey man, Horns was fine. Horns was... Meh. Don't you hate on horns? I'm, I'm only, I'm, I'm meh on horns. I'm giving it a fate worse than hate. For a man that loves ska, you should like horns. I do hey. love horns. Hey! <laughs> Alright, <laughs> so predictions for me. Uh, I've already said it's going to be mostly jump scares. Uh, this time we've got two kids instead of one kid like the first movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, based on what happened in the first one... I'm going to go ahead and say everyone dies. Everyone dies? Literally everyone dies. Even though it's a sequel? Even though it's a sequel, there's two kids, there's like an old grandpa, there's an actual mother and father instead of just a father. Everyone dies. Everyone dies forever, I don't care. Fucking woman in black comes out, jerks everyone off, they die. It's great. I I saw that it was a Hammer film, so here's my predictions based on literally nothing. Because the the trailer was just like... Oh, spooky haunted house, the end. That's all you get. There's one scene where, where she's clearly walking around in the old building during World War II. Like, the, this place used to be a military hospital, so I'm, I'm guessing we're going to get some military hospital g- ghosts. Also, I have literally nothing to go on, so I'm going to say Michael Caine shows up. <laughs> well, this is a shitty British film. It might happen. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty safe prediction, right? I mean, I'm usually right in these things, so probably Michael Caine shows up. Hello, I'm Michael Caine. <laughs> I, I'm just here to collect my check that the Queen said I get. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
This is this is my stipend from the Queen. <laughs> yeah. I'm Michael Caine. I'm here to tell you everything's gonna be all right. Oh no, I've died. All right, <laughs> that's how he dies. <laughs> Excuse me, Christopher Nolan's on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and watch this movie, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. To the podcast, we watched Woman in Black 2. It was very dark. And I don't mean thematically it was very dark. I mean the movie was just very dark. Yep, we had to turn the brightness up and it still didn't help. Just an ugly, boring movie. Like, the fact that I couldn't see anything didn't really bother me because nothing was happening anyway. Yeah, I got real close to the screen to see if I could help understand what was happening in the film. And it turned out what was happening was nothing in particular. Oh, yeah, well, like, half the time I couldn't read the fucking notes that were in oh, there. Oh, God, that was the worst. There was all this... This movie's all people finding journals and old letters and one little kid who won't talk because he... Because he's a horror died. movie cliche, yeah, and every time movie. you have a little kid in a horror movie, they're like, oh, he doesn't talk anymore since the accident. Yeah, so you have one of those kids, and he keeps writing down notes and handing them out to people so they can read what his thoughts are, but instead of just saying them out loud, the next person just goes, oh, I agree, or whatever, and you never get a chance to figure out what the fuck. You see, they show the notes, but they might as well be written in doctor handwriting. Oh, yeah. Well, it's shitty, like, little kid handwriting, and... The movie is ridiculously dark, and we're watching it on, like, a regular TV instead of a movie screen, which means it's not particularly large print either. Did anyone watch this movie on a movie screen? I didn't check. I I don't know. I don't know if this came out in theaters. God knows I hadn't even heard of it until I saw that it was on Netflix. So, Okay, there you go. Uh, yeah, so anyway, the full title of the film is Woman in Black 2, Angel of Death. Which is weird... Because it doesn't really come up. No. Well, the whole thing with the Angel of Death is it's supposed to be the one that went around and, like, killed the firstborn sons. And yet, the whole point with her was she lost her firstborn son? So yeah, I'm still unclear on the story of the Angel uh, of the Woman in Black. Like, I kind of got it, but it was so muddly, muddied in the movie. I The basic concept... Because it's like, the only time you find out what happens is when she's reading a letter while they're riding around on, the, on the, in that truck... When the main character of this movie, a woman named, like, Julianne or Juliet or something I think like. it's Eve. Eve, right. Thank you, Eve. Yes. Eve is... And she's just like, and, and, and of course, you will never receive this letter, and, and instead a solicitor will give you this letter at a certain point, because they can't stop a solicitor from giving a letter to a little boy. And... And uh, then you'll know that your mother is not your mother, but I am your mother. You see here, you see here, Nigel, it says that she's the mother and not the other person who was the mother. Yeah. No. The, the story is slightly clearer in the first movie, because the first movie is actually somewhat coherent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this movie, if you hadn't seen the first one, you... Basically, there's that letter that you just mentioned where it's like, oh, and then, like, someone was a mother, and then she was in an asylum, and then, and then a different mother had a baby, and the baby was 
an otter baby, and then the baby died, and then she was very sad. Wait, the baby was an otter? Yeah, the baby was an otter, and the daddy was a bear, and yeah. (laughs) Well, no, I'm not even making it gay. I just like the idea that the baby is an otter. Like Like a literal (laughs) otter. Like an otter. And that's why they had to move to Eel Marsh House, because the the otters need eels to eat. Oh, so many eels must those otter children eat. (laughs) You know how otters are always eating eels? That's I'm sure they would if they could. (laughs) Had they the means. Yeah. Ugh. I'm just picturing that the the otters are like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles of Britain. <laughs> the distinguished, ruffian, otter gentleman. Great. Yeah, lovely. That's, that's what it is. See, I just imagine the otters are one of those bands that came out during the British invasion. Oh, yeah, like the like uh, Uriah Heep or something. I can yeah. see that. It's just like, we're the otters. Hello. We have a song called uh, Hold My Hand Because I Like You Quite a Bit. <laughs> You're quite nice. <laughs> We have another one called I Write Fancy a Point Right About Now. <laughs> we have one called Dick Tea Would You Like a Cuppa? <laughs> wet Dick Tea, we say during the song. Yeah, you know, all wet Dick Tea. It's not gay or nothing. It's just a British term. You know, we drink our wet Dick Tea. Why are we so mean to the British on this podcast? Every time. I don't know what it is. Uh, because every movie we've seen with British people in it has been terrible? Oh, that's true. God damn it. <laughs> England, step up your game. Uh, that's that's why. Because remember, the one British role-playing game we reviewed, <laughs> Vanishing Point, was fantastic. Uh, it's true. So, we were very nice to that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Fucking British people. Give, give me a goddamn thing that isn't terrible. For the love of God. Step up your movie game, and for God's sake, don't put Oasis in the soundtrack. (laughs) Oh, man. So, so the general idea of this movie is it takes place in 1941, during the Blitz. Yes, it does. It takes place during the Blitz, which was at the tail end during 1941. They could have set this movie in the the late 30s if they had wanted, but I'm guessing they knew the American audience would believes that World War II started in 1941 and, and ended in 1945, and that's the end of that. Yeah, that's pretty much all of it. So, whatever. It's set at the very tail end of the Blitz. And, and uh, so when we start, there's a, uh, a man in the back, and he says, everyone attack. And then it turns into a ballroom Blitz. <laughs> For the love of God. <laughs> For the love of God, Montresor. <laughs> yes. For the love of God. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, there's, like, orphans that they gotta get out of the city because London's getting bombed. It opens in a tube, one of the actual London tubes, and they're, like, all hiding from the German bombs. And, and there's a little boy with a, with, or a little girl with a doll, and there's, the main character is being nice to the little girl with the doll. And she's like, oh, what's that bear's name? Oh, his name is, is Bear. Oh, well, then you've been very nice to Bear, haven't you? Yes, I, yes, I have. And then some other woman looks over at, at Eve, the main character, and goes, how do you do it? How do you stay so chipper? How can you have a smile after all this every night? It's like, oh, well, we've got to, don't we? Oh, stiff upper lip, eh? Pip, pip, cheerio, fucking England, did you know that's where we are? Keep calm and carry on, is it what, what? <laughs> I have it on 18 shirts and a mug. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, okay. So, turns out this lady is just in charge of some children? She's like the second orphanage lady. Because there's a primary orphanage lady who she is not. So she's like, assistant orphanage matron. Yeah, and then, like, the main head lady is somehow associated with the army in some way. She's the wife of a brigadier general. Oh, there you go. Yes. And and so, basically, they're all waiting for a bus and one missing boy uh, at the beginning. <laughs> I fucking love that uh, it also starts out and she's like, 
talking to Eve, who shows up at that point. She's like, oh, you're late. She's like, yes, my ride was bombed. And I'm like, oh, mic drop. Fuck you, bitch. Yeah. Except it, except it doesn't work. The woman does not care that the tube's been bombed and she had she was late. Oh, yeah. Does not give a single fuck. Instead, she's like, you're late. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. Well, anyway, shall we go? Oh, no, because other children are later. <laughs> so, well, then why does it matter if I'm here late? <laughs> yeah. Oh, there was some child and, oh, I guess his parents died. And I don't know. It's never really... D- given why you give a fuck about this kid, but you seem to know him. She really likes this kid. She's like, well, because his parents just died. Except all these kids' parents just died. That's why you're taking them to an orphanage in the country. And so we get our creepy, horror cliche child, Edward, yeah. who does not talk because his parents are dead, but oh boy, does he make little creepy drawings and write notes to people. And again, it's weird in this movie that this that they decided to add this cliche of the orphan whose parents died so he doesn't talk. Given that, I'd say, nine-tenths of the characters in this movie are children who are recent orphans. It's, it's just one of those things in horror movies where they're like, okay, we need a kid that doesn't talk. Because there has to be that scene in the movie where either he goes, oh, I saw something. And it's the first time he talks and he's talking about a ghost. Or it's the end of the movie when you save the kid and he's like thank you mom or whatever the fuck he's gonna say because that's it that's the only reason you have that kid there right and it's the fucking worst yeah i mean to me i was just, i was just like okay this this is the orphan who grows up to be batman the rest of these orphans don't grow up to be batman i mean because that's the thing with batman is batman is entirely defined by the death of his parents as opposed to superman whose parents also died but it doesn't define superman right yeah so like, these kids are like oh my parents died you know shit happens stiff upper lip and this kid's like, I must become the knight. <laughs> I'm going to become the distinguished batting gentleman. <laughs> ah, yes, I will be the knight with a K, and I will have my sidekick, the squire. <laughs> the Batman of many nations. Oh, Look Batman. it up, folks. The 50s were a great time in comics. <laughs> there was also a bat gaucho named the gaucho. Oh, the gaucho. He was the Batman of Argentina. Oh, good. That's That's great. I'm glad. Yeah. Aren't you glad that you know that now? Yeah, I'm so happy that I know that. Come on, DC, where the fuck is our The Gaucho comic? I'm pretty sure it exists, because there was a recent resurgence of the Batman of all nations. <laughs> they made a big story out of the Legionary, which was the Batman of Italy, and and, and so on. So that, that it could very well be a thing. But yeah, I always see that with Batman when he's like, like my parents are dead. Just, like Every other Justice League member can be like, yeah, yo, me too. Yeah, uh, no, me as well. Also, yes. Also, I didn't make a big deal out of it. I mean, Green Lantern probably just like you know the John Stewart Green Lantern's like, hey, my parents are dead, but it's not a big deal. We're like in our forties, right? I mean, come on, we all got over it. <laughs> Fucking Barry saw his mom die. He's fine. Yeah. yeah. Hi. Hey, I'm all hyper and crazy. Woo! I've got a good sense of humor about things. Clark's got two sets of dead parents. <laughs> <laughs> his dad wouldn't even let him save him after he told him to let a school bus of children drown. And then there's Spider-Man, two dead parents and a dead uncle. <laughs> He's got you beat, motherfucker. He's in a different storyline. <laughs> I don't even know where he came from. Hi. <laughs> I'm in the... How'd I get here? <laughs> Why am I here? Oh, I gotta go. Sorry. I I gotta go get some barbecue sauce to Aunt May. We're having a cookout. <laughs> Just to make Batman. Do you wonder if Batman has any answer uncles? That, I mean, there has to be other people in the Wayne family. Right? I mean, he's got to be related to, like, someone. There's got to be like, hey, I'm like Gerald Wayne. I'm your uncle. Why didn't I get custody of you? It's so weird that it went to your butler. <laughs> yeah, he's he's actually related to Lil Wayne. 
Oh, I'm picturing the idea of him going to Gerald Wayne and instead of growing up as Batman, he just grows up as like a libertarian. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, criminals are a cowardly and superstitious lot. I must become a libertarian. <laughs> I must become a sovereign citizen. Ah, <laughs> uh, I know what will fix Gotham. The Bitcoin. <laughs> oh my god, why isn't there the Batcoin? The Batcoin, which is a, cur- a cryptocurrency based on Batman's authority. <laughs> <laughs> it only shows up when he saves someone. He gives them Batcoins. So you have to be in peril to get Batcoin. <laughs> then you get Batcoin, and you can only spend it on places that accept Batcoin. So basically, Lucius Fox and... Uh, uh, I, I don't know, villains, I guess, probably want it. Uh, yeah, I sh- I'm sure the Penguin takes Batcoin. Oh, yeah, of course he does. He's like, oh, you want you want to know? He's another British guy, isn't he? Fucking British it, it, In In uh, modern stuff... Battery's Danny DeVito. Yeah, because in modern stuff, they started making him British more and more. But early on, he was not British. He was Burgess Meredith. <laughs> early on, he was... Well, just like British people. <laughs> you, you know, whenever you meet a British person, they're like... It's raining outside. Get your wellies. Want a good cup of hot, wet dick? There you go. That's my British person impression from now on. It's just just Burgess Meredith. Burgess Meredith, and then I'm going to add in some uh, some of the British words. Let's get some toad in the hole. Why were you late? There was time now. Time enough at last. Hey, did you remember that we watched a movie? <laughs> But that movie didn't have Burgess Meredith in it. Who cares about that movie? It didn't have anyone famous in it. Anyway, okay, so they get on a train to go to uh, where this orphanage that they're all these kids and, and special not-talking kid and and uh, two orphanage, orphanage ladies are going to go to. And then on the train, the Eve, the main character, meets a dashing pilot. Yes, and it's Harry, and Harry's a pilot. <laughs> yeah, his name's Harry, which comes up a lot. This movie... When you meet a guy named Harry on a steam train going across the British countryside at this point, yeah, I'm like, especially when the first movie, the first one in this series had had uh, Harry Potter in it. Yeah, I'm like, you started this off with Daniel Radcliffe, then you did a sequel, and you're like, oh, we're on a very like Harry Potter looking train going across the countryside, and in comes a guy and sits down and goes, "Hello, my name's Harry," and I'm like, are you a wizard? No, I'm a coward. (laughs) I'm a cowardly pilot. He's. Apparently turned Australian because I can't Why do British accents. Toilet. There's cheese. <laughs> so now Come he's Monterey. <laughs> Monterey Jack, the cowardly pilot. <laughs> Don't you call me cowardly. <laughs> okay. All right. So they meet this dumb pilot who's like, "Oh, well, I'm at an airbase nearby." I'll check in on you and the kids, what, what, I'm a good fellow, pops your collar and Bob's your uncle. <laughs> yeah, he always has a popped collar. The whole movie. 100% all the time popped collar. He always keeps asking people if they know who his dad is and that he owns a dealership. Yeah, he's in the RAF in that it stands for the Royal Amber- Abercrombie and Fitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, we get them to the island that the first movie took place on and the village from the first movie is now completely deserted because apparently everyone there died, uh, except for one dude who shows up and is like, I'm crazy! Don't look at things! She's yeah. gonna come for you! He's at the very, like, middle of the movie, but but first there's, like, a bus driver that takes them to this orphanage, 
that's an abandoned house on an island that is an abandoned village in the middle of a giant river that occasionally floods so that you're, you get stuck on the island to a place called the Eel Marsh House, which I guess they bought at random because they get there and they're like, hello, this is a nice town. Where are all the people? No one lives here. Oh, are we going to go into this house? This house is horrifying. Should we live here? You have to. You bought it. Oh, well, we don't want to. Deal with it. You have to live in this gross house. Yeah, oh. which is weird because you have an entire abandoned village that you could be living in yeah. instead of a weird isolated house. Yeah. It's like a huge city, that, the, or it's like a huge village that's abandoned, and yet all the kids have to sleep in one room. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, you need to sleep in this creepy old house with a bunch of weird dolls and toys oh and my God, see no the, evil monkeys. There's literally see no evil stuffed monkeys. There's a doll's head on the end of a moving stick of wire. And, and the apparently the toy that is this doll's head on a pike is it sticks its fucking tongue out at you. Great. This wasn't custom made to creep people out. I'm sure this was a toy that existed. All I was saying during this movie was that I want to make my own horror movie. That's the, It's not even a horror movie. It's the story of someone building one before it's haunted. It's just like a meet-cute romantic comedy about a girl who's like a, a manic pixie dream girl, and her manic pixie energy exudes in the form of her like collecting ugly dolls and horrifying clown figures and filling a house with knives and wireframes. Like she's just like, oh, and I'll put I'll put a creepy doll statue over here. Yeah, no, like before it gets run down, everything's just in pastels and yeah, whatnot. It's all bright. There's like lemon prints on the walls. Oh, I had a pet bird, but he died, so now I collect these weird stuffed birds from the thrift stores I go to. Come with me. Listen to my music. <laughs> <laughs> Let's listen to a Shin song and put a bunch of stuffed monkeys in a room. Wee, it's whimsical. <laughs> and then just the very end of the movie, it smash cuts to like. 50 years later, and it's all run down, and someone's like, Hello? Uh, is anyone there? Who would assemble this many pieces of wireframe furniture? <laughs> Why would you hang knives from the ceiling? Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Yeah, that's what it is. From now on, every haunted house was actually made by a Manic Pixie Dream Girl. 50 years earlier. Ugh. And yeah, there was a song by, I don't know, let's say, uh, Sixpence None the Richer playing the whole time. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, so the uh, the house that they're in, they all have to sit in a room, and of course, the fucking Eve is like, "Oh, this is this is garbage. Why are we here?" And everyone's like, "No, you have to." Yeah, like there's a doctor who goes, "No, man, no, you have to be here. You can't be anywhere else. We won't allow it." And you're like, "Why? What? Just fuck you. That's the, why." There's a bus outside that takes me to a train station, right? We could go the fuck back to London, can't we? I mean, London's pretty crowded, but we could get a different thing. And everyone's like, no, you can't. You have to stay in this orphanage because the movie said so. And, like, it's a huge house. Like, it is a very big house. And they still are like, oh, we took one room and just put rows of beds in there. That's it. You get one room, all the children in one room. Yeah, it's like they'd seen Madeline. They were just like, all right, this is how orphans sleep. You put them in one room, and then eventually one of them wants more gruel. I get, I get the idea. One of these children are going to start bursting into song eventually, so we need them to all be in the same room so they can choreograph. <laughs> yeah. How are their dance routines going to work? <laughs> Which one of you is the most adorable of Moppets? Because you're going to be the lead singer. Who who here thinks that you have a hard knock life? <laughs> Who's the most Horatio in the Alger area? <laughs> <laughs> the, uh... So the... The kids also, we end up finding that, like, Crab and Goyle are orphans as well. Oh yeah, two of the boys are just bullies for no reason. I mean, again, these kids' parents all died, like, in the last week. 
Yeah, and, and, and the, two of them are just like, la la la, let's be mean to that young lad. We're a fucking assholes, oi. Yeah. And oh, then bash your head in. Swear on me, mum. <laughs> and, and it's even after, like, Eve goes up to the two of them and she goes, hey, you know, Edward's had a really hard time and uh, he, if he, he just gets included in your games or whatever you're doing, maybe he'll come out of his shell and he won't be all fucked up. I would appreciate it if you weren't huge douchebags. And they're like, yeah, all right. And then they go see him. They're like, I'm going to steal all your shit. Won't you come try and find me, you little prick? Oi! Yeah, I really would have preferred it if they had just told her that Edward was horrible. <laughs> they're like, no, the reason we're not including him in anything is when you're not here, he says the worst shit. He is a Nazi sympathizer. Every time you leave the room, he's like, you know, Hitler did nothing wrong. Hi, <laughs> Hitler. I'd tell him to bomb this building if I knew his phone number. Wrong, right? <laughs> That's all he does. The whole time, as soon as you leave us alone, he goes right into that. <laughs> it's all Monty Python routines mixed with Hitler. <laughs> You do not want to hear five minutes of the Hitlers who say knee. <laughs> it's the worst. The absolute worst. I cannot be around we him. We will not hang out with him. <laughs> That's all it is. But no. So instead they go to play hide and seek with him, which consists of locking him in a room. Yeah. The, end. the, the whole hide and seek is, and one, they fucking play it wrong. They oh, took, yeah. They're like, all right, we're going to take your picture that you just drew away. And then you can have it back if you win hide and seek. Cover your eyes. And then they start counting and running away. Well, he's not going to count. He can't talk. Which, fuck you. Fuck everyone. It's not like he isn't capable of talking inside of his dumb brain. So he can just be like, you, sit there and pretend to count to 20 because you're you're a horror movie cliche and then come find us. Uh, And so they lock him in, of course, the creepiest of creepy rooms, which was the nursery. The one with all the fucking crazy broken toys in it. Yeah, it's like, oh, what was here? There was a bunch of dolls and toys and... I like a weird, creepy rocking chair. Oh, yeah. A rocking chair that is never not rocking. Yeah. So he gets locked in there, and of course, it's the horror movie thing. We're like, oh, well, it, it was open, and then it wasn't locked, and nobody's locked it, and it, we don't have a key. And and the whole, yeah, and the whole house is built on that system where the all the doors don't have handles. They just have locks on both sides. So to get in from one room to the other, you open, you unlock it, then you close it, then you lock that door, and then you run along. So you're always trapped in a locked room wherever you are. No matter what. Yeah. Unless you leave all the doors open. <laughs> and even then, they're still going to close behind you and be locked somehow. Yeah. Also, <laughs> important for the, the movie is that there is a, uh, a hole in the nursery floor that looks down into where the orphans sleep. Yeah. That's really important because every time you see Edward sitting anywhere, he is looking at that hole. <laughs> yeah, he is. Ew. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> uh yeah, so so they they do manage to get the door open and then Edward's just in that room and he's like he's, he's Blair Witching. He's yeah. look, he's he's staring into a corner. He's like holding a weird little doll and he's staring off into nothing and you're like, Alright, thank you, creepy child. That's a thing for me. That's that's a horror movie term that I have developed. At this, I'm sure other people say it as well. Which anytime there's a character that's staring creepily into a wall, they are Blair Witching now. I know that probably happened in movies before Blair Witch, but seeing as how that is the only thing in Blair Witch that happens, <laughs> uh, yeah, that is the defining quality of Blair Witch is saying fuck a lot. Having a close-up of someone's snotty nose and someone standing in a corner looking at a wall. Right, and there's also a scene where you can see a cheesecloth bag full of gubbins and you have no idea what they are. <laughs> oh, I'll give you sixpence for that cheesecloth bag of gubbins, mate! <laughs> Gonna feed the birds in Central Park, I am! Oh, in, wait a minute, in, wait, what's the park in, in London called? Because it's not Central Park, that's in New York. <laughs> yeah, no, he, no, he's in New York. He's in New York. 
There's a bag of gubbins on the ground in New York, and he wants to go feed the birds in Central Park. <laughs> Trying to bag, buy them from that pigeon lady in Home Alone 2. <laughs> uh, it's Tuppence a bag. <laughs> Tuppence a bag. Oh, gubbins. <laughs> gubbins a bag. Uh, what was that supposed to be in the Blair Witch bag, anyway? Uh, meat? Teeth? Hair? It was like, just stuff? Samples? <laughs> Yes, it's my it's my sample case. It's a, no, it's just a loose assortment of teeth, hair, fecal, and semen samples, just sort of l- loose and mixed. No, I, I like to imagine it's someone that is a beautician and is like, oh, we have these different weaves you can have. These are their hair samples. Uh, if you need dentures, we have these teeth, different samples of those, mm-hmm. various whitenesses to match your teeth. Oh no, my little vial of blood that was in there opened up. Anyway, oh. I'll just leave it in the woods. Oh, well, ruined now. No crying over spilt blood. Weedly deedly dee. I'm off to my mansion, which I'm going to fill with knives. <laughs> God damn it. The manic pixie dream girl is also a beautician. <laughs> fill up the laundry with some dog bones. <laughs> so, we we get our first real weird thing happening. Because up until this point... Like, it's just atmosphere, yeah. We've had some little fake-out scares of things where it's like, Oh, I tripped over a bell. Oh, really? Oh, God. Fucking, fucking really? Bell noise. And all the shock scares in this movie, and there are a crap load of shock scares, are just stupid shit happening that has nothing to do with the ghost or whatever. It's like a woman's looking out a window and then a crow flies into the window. Which, at least, that one was done well. Most of the other ones are like, I tripped over this thing, and it made a noise of metal hitting metal. But, in addition to that, the movie decided it was really important to screech some violins and go... Yeah. But, again, it's not like the ghost in this movie is defined as having crow powers. So, it's a random crow flying into the window to scare her. All the shock scares in this movie... I mean, even in the space movies, it's always like, oh, a door slammed. Oh, yeah, it's a vent going off. Yeah. In this one, it's all, oops, I tripped. Oh, a bird. Yeah. Anyway, ghosts. Ugh. Well, like, we don't see shit forever. We have a... <laughs> we have a nightmare oh, that the, Eve gets. The three times nightmare, which reveals Eve's weird-ass backstory. And it, the first time she gets it, at least that was somewhat of an interesting scene. She, like, wakes up, and there's a light coming out of the, like, wallpaper in her room. She starts tearing it, and makes a little hole... And then it cuts to the opposite side, and no longer is there any paper or hole. It's just a door now. Yeah, she opens like, a door. Okay. And it, I swear, because she walks in in a nice white dress from, like, the World War II catalog. It looks like a Diet Coke commercial starts when she comes in. <laughs> it looks like some jazz music needs to play. Do-do-do-do. da 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 Yeah, like, and then it's just Diet Coke. Get into the flavor through your wall. <laughs> and she, uh, she walks past some fucking nun with a baby... That was the shock scare from the trailer, but we don't get that yet. Oh, no, goodness, you gotta, no. You gotta earn it. And then she walks into the hospital room, and there's a bassinet in there. And she looks at the bassinet, and there's a there's a swaddled baby. And she tries to open the swaddling, and a well-dressed gentleman's arm comes out and grabs her by the throat. Yeah, which, okay, I guess. We have no idea what that is. It's probably not supposed to be a well-dressed gentleman. It's probably supposed to be the lady in black. But it just looks like someone's suited arm. Yeah, it looks like like Winston Churchill himself reached out and snagged her by the neck. I'm trying to drink in this baby's bassinet. Get away from me, woman. <laughs> Go and get me some gin on the end of this pacifier. <laughs> we will drink in the halls. We will drink in the bassinets. <laughs> we will never 
surrender to liver failure. I think the other joke was that it was Christopher Nolan because it was a well-dressed arm and he was trying to kill her because women shouldn't star in movies. Yeah, well, because Michael Caine was supposed to show up at some point, yeah. it's just Christopher Nolan jumped through space-time through the power of love yeah. and put his hand over her mouth and it was like, shh, no women protagonists. You're supposed to be dead to offer man pain. Yeah. That was, it's one of those. Anyway, it's probably the woman in black, but we don't see anything else because then she wakes up. Yeah. And then wanders around, and again, everything is so dark in this film, I can never tell what's going on. Okay, so let's get to the first death, shall we? Yep, so I think it was, uh, it was, was it Goyle or Crab? It was either, it was Goyle, because Crab was the bigger one. It was the, it was the littler of the two bully boys. And at, at this point, we, it's established that he has stolen the uh, one kid's drawing, and has also stolen something from a girl, but we never find out what. We just know that she passes him a note demanding it back. Yeah. Like, has something and is like, I'll rip it. I swear on me, mom. Maybe he's... My dead mom. <laughs> I swear on me, dead mom. Maybe she's just trying to fight on Edward's behalf and saying, give him back his drawing. Possibly. And Whatever. And like, it's I'll not, rip it. It's the, yeah, because that would make sense. Or she wanted something back and he was threatening to fart. <laughs> I'll let it rip. I'll rip one. <laughs> I swear it. You have to stay in the same room as me at all times. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I let so many farts go, they call me Jack the Ripper, they do. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> makes me fart. <laughs> I've got a dairy problem. <laughs> all right, so anyway, it shows Edward lying in bed in the same room as all the other orphans, and he looks and he sees the woman in black in the corner. Oh, fark. And so he covers himself up with a blanket, and then a shot of the woman in black inside the blanket, kind of. It's just like a shadow of her, I don't know, I it's a weird I don't shot. Know. Anyway, the next thing that happens is you see him with the blanket over his head from the outside view, and, and then a little boy gets up and walks out of the room and kills himself, basically, because yeah. that's, that's her M.O. She makes children kill themselves while they're, like, ghost-controlled. Ghost and in his case, he walks out and kills himself on some barbed wire in the woods. Yeah, he, like, walks into the marsh and is tangled up in barbed wire, and I guess, I don't know if he drowns because the tide comes in while he's stuck on the barbed wire, or if the barbed wire kills him... Or what? Because, again, real fucking dark, can't tell what's going on, and they don't give you, like, oh, here's a, like, disgusting close-up shot of this kid who's dead. It's just way, way far back. You're like, oh, no, a child is dead. The first time the woman runs up, and she's looking out over the marsh, and there's, like, these weird wooden poles sticking up at at scary angles out of the marsh. And then she goes, oh, no! And we were both like, what? And it turns out there's a corpse on the ground. If you pause the movie and look real close, you can kind of see a kid corpse there. But it's like playing Where's Waldo. Yeah, it is... This fucking movie really could have used someone on editing going like, hey, maybe maybe brighten it up a little, maybe zoom in on a few shots. No, Something. natural light only. Ugh, God damn you. This movie was directed by Alejandro and Nari too, and it, it just, <laughs> he was just slumming under a British pen name. <laughs> Alright, so anyway, he dies, and then this kicks off the fight between, the great fight between the adults. Because uh, Mrs. Lady, who's in charge of the orphanage, Mrs. Hogg, I think her name is, does not want to believe in ghosts and gets real grumpy when people suggest them. So that means Eve, who totally believes in ghosts, is mad at Miss Hogg, who doesn't believe in ghosts, and then the pilot shows up and he's kind of somewhere in the middle. Well, he's like, uh, you know, what, what What seems to be the problem here? And she's like, oh, there's some, there's, I think there's someone living here on this island. I think something's happening. There's someone else here. And... He's like, uh, alright, sure, I'll come with you and check the island out and see if there's anyone here. And she's like, oh, do you believe me? He's like, sure, why not? I'm trying to get into your pants. I'll believe anything you say. Right. 
So, and then we finally get Eve's weird-ass backstory. And Eve's weird-ass backstory is that she had a baby in England, but she was too young to have a baby. Which, what? What? Okay, uh, I guess, uh, maybe in England there was a time period where if you had a baby when you were too young, it was like a crime or something? Yeah, I don't think 1920 England was really like, what, are you 17? We're taking your baby away from you. Yeah. Like, I, I, unless, I, I mean, the worst I can think is maybe she was rich and, like, her family paid to have the baby taken away and covered up. But that's not uh, su- supported by the movie in any way. No, it was just, she even says, oh, I was too young and they took my baby away. Right. And then it cuts to her and she still looks like a woman who's about 27. Having a baby. And uh, then just saying, please let me see the baby. And boy, does she ever have a bloody vagina in that scene too. I, am I right? I mean, I, I know oh, that's bloody vagina. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's, they want you to know that she just gave birth, but they can't show you anything. So instead she's completely swaddled in mummy cloth. Well, she's got, like, a blanket over her, and the only thing that's bloody on the blanket is right in her crotch. Right. So she's like, please let me see my baby. And they're yeah. like, no, we aren't even talking to you. Your baby goes away forever. No, we're weird people. Yeah. And so someone takes her baby because she had it when she was 27, and then <laughs> and then it cuts to her at 27, and she's like, the ghost who lives here is mad at me because I let them take my baby away. She She's trying to punish me because I found a note that says that the the lady who lived here... Her, her kid was, did not taken away. She was taken away, but then the kid died, and then she died, and so she hates me because I had a, a kid who was ta- taken away, and, um. I feel like yeah. she's, I feel like the, in the movie, it, this, she's probably right, but outside the movie, it looks like she's trying to make it about herself. Oh, she, yeah. Like she's like trying to take, grab the reins on this horror story that has nothing to do with her. The, the haunted kid is Edward. The whole thing is the the uh, the woman in black is trying her best to like corrupt Edward and eventually bring her or, or claim him as her son for herself. Yeah, it's like killing off all the other children and particularly the ones that were like mm. fucking with Edward. Yeah, being mean to Edward, so it keeps killing those kids and being nice to him and giving him toys and stuff. And the whole time Eve's running around going, "She's mad at me. It's about." Me! You're so vain. Yeah. I bet you think this horror movie's about you. Yeah. Except it's, it, there's never any support for her crazy theory. No. It, like, the woman in black never even does anything to her until the very the end. The very, very end. And yeah. even then, it's because she is one of two people that is currently available. Right. So anyway, the the one boy dies, and then they, they find a girl who's about to strangle herself. Yes, they find a girl who's about to strangle herself, but doesn't because she's been sent to go find Edward again. It's Edward. Yeah, it's always Ed- Edward. Edward's in a weird room in the house again, and she follows a red string to Edward and finds him in a room being creepy. No, she finds a room that is creepy, and she's looking through his creepy room, and then Edward appears behind her and closes her into the room. Yeah, it's it's like, oh, I, I went up to that nursery room again where Edward was, and then yeah. he's like, he comes from behind the door that was open, and he's like, I'm going to silently close this now. Dink! Yeah. yeah. Which, again, is he a bad guy? It's it's very unclear. I, I cannot tell if, for most of this film, he is on the side of the ghost, or is possessed, or is just a dick. He's just a creepy little dick, and everyone keeps trying to save him. There's no redeeming characteristics. And every, everyone is just fucking nutting themselves over this kid, too. Like, every other child here is an orphan, is fucked up, is trying to deal with being in a weird place, and they're always like, Oh, Edward! Edward, are you okay? Edward, do you need a thing? Edward, can you hear me? Can you feel me near you? (laughs) Can you hear me? Can you hear me, Edward? (laughs) Uh, You've been hit by... You've been struck by a smooth bombing raid. (laughs) 
All right. Well, anyway, the girl tries to strangle herself with the red string because the ghost makes her do it. But then the the uh, one of the orphan matrons finds her. Then they're all arguing and going like, "We have to leave the house." And the the orphan matrons like, "We will not leave this house. You're poisoning them with your ideas of ghosts and things, and that's why they're gonna kill themselves because of ghost talk." Yeah. And then to end the argument, the Brit- the pilot opens the door to show German airplanes outside and goes, "Well, we can't go out there. There's a bombing on. We're gonna have to go into the creepy basement." So they go into the creepy basement, and then the the fire burns out, and then the matches won't light, and then when the matches finally do light, there's a creepy face in the background, and then the little girl gets up to go kill herself again. And this time she kills herself in the most nebulous way I can... She goes and puts yeah. on a gas mask. Like, she walks upstairs when everyone else is, like, freaking out. Yeah. And she just kind of, like, puts a gas mask on, stares, like, straight forward, and then tilts over to the right and just sort of falls. You're like, oh... Oh, okay, did you... I couldn't see. Were you falling, like, over a banister and falling down something? Did you did you suffocate on the gas mask? Which, that's not a thing gas masks do. I, it is. I, ha- I have a World War II gas mask just like that one, and it's possible to turn the canister in such a way that you can't breathe through it. But, uh, I mean, the, the whole... Uh, it's, it's so nebulous, and that's not the way people look at gas masks. Like, I know, because I have an old gas mask, that you can turn them in such a way that you can't breathe through them, but they are designed to be breathed through. That's what they're for. Yeah, if you well, put one you on... Never, you never see her, like, turn the nozzle or anything. No, she just puts it on and then falls over slightly and then dies. Yep. That's the story of that scene. And just like every other scene, someone finds her, and then you're like, okay, we're gonna see what's happening. Cut to the next morning. Children are playing! This movie does it a lot with the with the edit cuts that are, that are uh, basically, oh my god, a horrifying thing is happening. Let's cut to the morning and not worry about it. Oh, yeah. Like, the very first thing where she's, uh, after her nightmare and she's wandering around, it's like, I'm staring into the darkness, smash cut to the morning, and everything's fine, and children are playing, you're like, what? 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 But, yeah. But it, what? After her nightmare, she goes wandering around in the house and sees a ghost running around. It turns out it's not a ghost, it's the only survivor of the first movie. Oh yeah, we see him when they first go through the town, he, like, assaults the bus and is an asshole. Yeah. And then he shows up at the mansion and is like... Oh, if you look at her, then you'll d- die. All my friends died, but I couldn't see her, so I'm still here. He's like he's like a Renfield sort of looking guy. And he, his deal is that he blinded himself because he reveals the big MacGuffin of the bad guy ghost of this movie, which is that if you look at her, you kill yourself. Yeah, which we did kind of get in the first movie, but this one it's mentioned so briefly that if you were not paying attention, you'd be like, Alright, it's just a very ineffectual ghost that occasionally possesses people? Well, why on earth would you pay attention to the movie, John? I would have figured you'd be on the edge of your seat the whole time. Oh, yeah. You know, it's a very exciting film. It's so exciting. Every time someone is wandering around a peat bog and has a cat meowing at them... <laughs> Excuse me for a second here. Get out of here, cat. Alright, then. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, uh, the, the fucking weirdest shit just keeps popping up and never mentioned again. Like, that guy shows up, and he's like, I'm crazy, and then leaves. Oh, yeah, he breaks a window. Yeah. I, I just remember that now. There's also, like, a, an injured sheep at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, they're like, they find a sheep, and they're like, oh, it's stuck. Well, let's let's let it go I, free. Literally, that's to set up that there's barbed wire on the on the island. That's it. That's the only reason it's there. Yeah. Anyway, we gotta we got push through this fucking thing. Okay, so... 
Little girl dies from the from the gas canister. At this point, the the lady uh, orphanage the orphanage matron, Mrs. Hogg, is willing to leave Finally the house. Is like sure, fine. She still doesn't believe in ghosts because that's an important point. But she's willing to leave the house. Yeah, because Eve and Harry are like, no, fuck you. We're taking the kids. You can eat my ass. And and Harry's like, all right, we'll get we'll get the bus right now and we'll go into into the village. And she goes, no, we have to go to the airstrip because I don't want to go into the village because the village is. I don't know, also haunted, even though I don't know that that's true, because yeah. I, I haven't watched the first movie. And then this gets the next big reveal of the film, which is that Harry's airstrip is a dummy airstrip, because when he was a pilot, he crashed into the ocean and was deemed unfit for piloting after that, and because he's of super, he's super afraid of water now. Yeah, he's super afraid of water, and most of his mates on his Bristol bomber died, and uh, he... Now, because of his being deemed unfit for piloting, has to be a caretaker at a fake airfield to draw German bombs. Yeah. Now, that's a real thing. Those existed, so that's that's kind of neat to see yeah. that. Uh, it, it certainly it's a great way to do a cheap scene in a movie, because all you have to do is build a couple of Spitfires out of canvas instead of putting real ones there. Yeah, no, it's it's way cheaper for them and is sort of novel, so it's it's good on two fronts. It's a cool shot. And then they go into, like, a bomb shelter there, and sure enough, more ghost stuff, because I guess the ghost can just haunt you wherever. Yeah. Like, the first movie, you go, oh, yeah, like, she, she haunts Eelmarsh House, and then she randomly shows up in the village, and you're like, okay, well, she technically was part of that village, like, the Eelmarsh House is part of the village, it's just remote from it, so mm -hmm. maybe, but here it's a random airfield that is not part of the town, or not part of the manor, and not a real airfield, it's just some flattened ground in the middle of the bog, and they're like, oh, yeah, no, she has dominion here, she, she has dominion wherever, Great. All right. So she shows up and scares everyone, and they all hold hands to stand in a circle and chant prayers. Yeah, and it's, oh my goodness, The when they left to go to the fake airfield, fucking Edward had a little, uh, like, sailor toy. U ultra creepy 1920s toy. And so uh, Eve's like, no, you can't take this, puts it down, and then they leave. And then when they get to the field, he has the toy. Once again, just proving that he is a little shit. Yeah, well, it's just... Oh, what happened? Oh, uh, the creepy ghost lady gave me a toy again. Yeah. I don't know why you want that toy. It's horrifying. It, it is a shit, broken, terrible doll. Yeah. But he just keeps moving those arms around. He's like, oh, look at that. Oh, oh look, arms move. I won't talk because I'm I'm a horror cliche. Anyway, uh, so ghost shows up. Ghost tries to make them kill themselves. This time he only succeeds in scaring them. A little bit, and he's... Uh, Edward, of course, because anytime you don't n nail that kid to the wall, just gets up and leaves. And, okay, so when... You, the whole conceit of this is supposed to be, when you see the woman in black, you're gonna die. Except, fucking the main matron lady sees the woman in black because they're doing this thing where they're like, oh, we all hold hands in the bomb shelter while creepy ghost stuff is happening, and everyone close your eyes, close your eyes so you don't look at her. And she opens her eyes, sees creepy ghost face... And it's like, ah, I believe in ghosts now, but then doesn't die. That's the end of the movie for her. That's yeah. like, that's almost her last shot on the film. And her last shot on the film is just convincing Eve to get in a Jeep and drive back to the house. Yeah, she's like, I'm sorry, I didn't believe you. I, I do, I do believe in spooks. I do, I do, I do believe yeah. in spooks. And then, anyway, of course, the moment that the hand circle is broken, Edward takes that excuse to wander out. He just gets up and goes off into the rain in a in an on-fire dummy airfield being bombed by Germans in the middle of nowhere. He's just like, I'll go wander around with my toy. Whee! I, he's probably ghost-possessed. You'd think that, and yet. He might just be a little piece of crap. Yeah, so fucking Harry's like, oh, don't worry, I'll get him, I'm... 
tough and strapping, eh, what? <laughs> the Australian Harry, as we've decided, even though he's totally not. No, he, he is fucking Monterey Jack. God damn it. <laughs> well, Monterey Jack also had a permanently popped pilot collar. Yeah. Yeah, alright. So anyway, he, he sees the shadow of a kid inside of one of the canvas dummy airplanes, goes in to look at, at the kid, and the kid, it's not Edward. It's the creepy uh, barbed wire boy from earlier. And he's got, like, some... Some black shit on his face. He has, the, yeah, yeah, he has scars on his face from the barbed wire. It it kind of looks like he's leaking oil. Oh, like, it yeah. doesn't look like ghost blood. It's it just looks to like be he's necro- leaking oil. Yeah, it's supposed to be necrotic, but it just looks like he's got black stuff coming out of him so they can keep the PG thirteen. Yeah, like, yeah. There's zero blood in this film at all. Right. So then he gets scared of that and goes out of the airplane because that's scary. And sure enough, there's Edward's head just bobbing as he runs around. Oh, and there's a creepy ghost laugh at one point during that scene. Although we've established that Edward doesn't talk, there's a shot of him running by and he goes, ha 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 ha. Do you know that, that canned child laughter that horror movies use? It's that. <laughs> yeah. It's that. You've heard it. You know. Yeah, you know the exact laugh. It's in everything. Yeah, it's like the Wilhelm scream, but for child laughed in horror movies. I, they probably added it because otherwise he's so briefly on screen that people weren't noticing. Huh. So they're like, well, man, let's make him laugh, even though that kid doesn't even smile during this movie, and he also doesn't talk. Yeah, he's just a little butterball of dumb bullshit. A little dour baby man. <laughs> God, I hate him. And then, uh, in one of the most poorly edited sequences in the film... Uh, he sees the little kid run up over a hill, chases after him, and then a the firebox goes off behind him. Not behind, not near the kid. Behind, uh, what's his name, Harry. A big firebox explodes. Except it might be in front of him because the editing is fucked up in this. Yeah, again, Christopher Nolan had his had a hand on this movie. I swear to you. Like the firebox goes off. We're supposed to believe it was while uh, Edward was on top of it, but. From two different angles, it looks like it either blows up in between the two of them, and it's either like, oh yeah, no, Edward's way past it, and it's in between Edward and Harry, or it looks like it blows up behind Harry. Like, fucking someone, anyone, get an editor, anybody, it's don't not, care. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And, he, and then somehow he manages to get one of Edward's shoes, because he brings it back in for proof. Yeah, it's like, oh, did you, did you see his body? Well, I got his shoe. I did, eh? What? <laughs> Zipper got. Oh, Zipper got his shoe. Oh, crikey! It's a croc. <laughs> a croc got him. Only left his shoe, which is a croc. <laughs> also a croc. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, at this point, uh, Eve's paranoia, weirdness about how the house and the ghost want her to punish her for letting yeah. for, She's for like, having a kid. No, it. She she took him to the house and it, it's me it's me she wants to punish so I'm gonna go back to the house I'm like but if the ghost wants to punish you why isn't it punishing you right. like if you just got on a train and left right now and said oh well fuck that kid he's dead nothing nothing would happen to you movie's over yeah instead she gets into the jeep and drives back to the house to try and rescue Edward the ghost boy Ugh. and so she runs around the house tries to find him. Gets up into the nursery where there's a creepy rocking chair and looks out onto the moors and sees fucking Edward walking into the water as the tide is rising. Oh, and we also get the third time that she sees the flashback of herself in the hospital. Except this time, finally, the nurse does the scary face move. Oh, yeah. Well, fucking just keep showing that dumb shot of her walking past a nun with a baby and I don't care. And this time, when she walks past a nun with a baby, the nun briefly looks up and has a ghost face and goes, He's like, which, again, what the fuck is that? What is that that she's seeing? Is that... <laughs> did, did a demon take her baby? What, what am I supposed to... Yeah, the dingo took her baby. 
did the woman in black take her baby and dress up as a nun to do it? What is that shot beyond just a useless shock scare? Uh, that no, that's what it is. It's a useless shock scare. That's all we're here for. Right. And so she sees Edward out in the out in the moors and knows she needs to go rescue him, but then the ghost locks the door of the nursery and is like Die the way I died and drops a noose out the window so she can go jump into the noose. Yes, come on, do it. Fucking, fucking do it. I dare you. I bet you won't. I'll die double dog dare you. If you kill yourself, you'll be famous forever. (laughs) Uh, so she eventually manages to get the fuck out and run after Edward. She kicks that hole in the floor until she falls through onto Edward's bed. And then she goes out after Edward, and Edward is slow haunt walking into the into the uh, river. Yeah, he's doing that I'm possessed walk where he's just fucking glassy eyed, staring forward, just go, walking to his doom. Yeah, looking like the father of the bride at a wedding procession, doing that. You know that 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 he's like I am so bored. I've been here for four hours. I need to drink. When is the reception? But the whole time he's got to do that that weird wedding walk where you take half a step each time. So he's going super slow. That's what he looks like. Huh. Walking out into the into the uh, river. And she's running after him and going, Edward, Edward, stop! I have some reason to believe that you have redeeming qualities! Edward! (laughs) For some reason, I want to save you and not the other six children. And then something she says wakes him up, and he turns around and tries to swim to her. Which, again, I can't... There's also the sound editing in this, is that she's like, Hey, remember when your mom called you that? And I'm like, what the fuck did you just say? Well, she she told him the name of the childlike empress, is what yeah. happened. Yeah. There's no way that that kid said Moonflower. There's <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens. He t- so she's like, remember your mother's name? It was and then he's like, oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, and then he turns right. around, but oh no, there are hands in the dirt, and the dirt hands grab them and are pulling them underwater, but oh, here comes Harry Sexy, and he's gonna come save the day. Harry Sexy Truman is showing up. <laughs> Harry Sexy is the name of my rock band character. <laughs> you bring him that in here. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's a deep in-joke. <laughs> The deepest of in-jokes, only for you, Harry Sexy Truman shows up, and he's like, I'm here to save you, eh, what? Hey, what? And he dives into the water, and remember, folks, he's scared of water. Yeah. It's a dramatic moment. And it's like, oh, he's getting over his fear to save these two. And then he he dies. He dies immediately, because all he does is take (laughs) their place in the weird river hand anemone. Yeah, like, there's just a big old coral reef of hands, and it just grabs a hold of his shit instead of theirs, and they leave, and it's great. Oh, he, he, he keeps saying go. He's like underwater saying, pointing at them. Trying to- Eve's looking down and is like, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll leave. Like, not not even going to try. It's just like, yeah, okay. I mean, I'm going to save this dumb butterball stupid child instead of trying to help you. Granted, we're in about five feet of water, but no, I'm not going to try and help you in any useful way. <laughs> uh, so, of course... This stupid bullshit movie ends with them being like, "Oh, and now I've adopted Edward because he's he he's our he he's my he's child. The son he's, I, he's the son that was taken oh, away from oh me. Oh boy, I sure do I sure do love this this dumb kid that doesn't talk. And they haven't aged, so it's like next year. And again, the other orphanage lady and all the other orphans are just gone from the film. It's like she was like, "Well, Edward, you were the most special orphan, so I've decided to adopt you instead of helping the other orphans in any way." <laughs> I'm, you're, you're the one who mattered, Edward, the one who wouldn't talk. Yeah, this the boy who didn't talk. And in this movie, I, he, then he finally gets a line, and it's like, yes. He just says, yes, mom, or something like that. Ugh. 
He also, he, he also yeah. says something in the river. Yeah, but I swear they, he says prick. Like, I'm sure it's probably not that. Yeah. But it really sounds like after she drags him out of the water, he just turns to her and goes, prick. Yeah. Prick. <laughs> prick. How dare you. I wanted to drown in there. Oh, oh bash your head Swear to me, mom. Ugh. God. Okay, so the two of them are now like, oh, everything's nice and bright and shiny and happy. Even though... It's 1942 th- in London. Yeah, like, this child has not grown up appreciably. No, it's still fucked up. And yet, there they are, like, skipping down the lane in bombed-out London. And, and there's all these, like, well-dressed people walking around. And no we, tape on the windows. No, it's just like, oh, no, well, fucking a year later, the Blitz only happened for, like, three months, right? That That's what happened. <laughs> well, at that point, it had been going on for three years, because it started in 1938. But, but no, it didn't end, I mean... World War II, or, or, uh, Britain didn't take that tape off their windows until like 1947. <laughs> I mean, they were scared of they just it, it stuck with them. But, yeah, but not not here. Here, the movie's over, and so's the war. That's how, that's the way yeah. things work. And then and then of course we get a nice little shot that goes back into their apartment for the picture of Harry that they saved, and oh, it shatters, and it's this woman in black. There's a picture of oh, this is reflection. No spooky. The end. Great, thanks. Yeah, okay, whatever. Still haunted, people. Oh. Following the rules, Apparently, she can now haunt out to London. Right, which means that the next movie's gonna take place in London, and it's gonna follow the 30 years rule and take place in... No, 40 years. 40 years, so it's 1981. 1981. (laughs) She's gonna be haunting cocaine-riddled London. (laughs) (laughs) Good. I'm glad. That's wonderful. I wanna see a movie where she haunts, like, Depeche Mode or some shit. It's 1981. Disco in London is still growing strong. (laughs) (laughs) It's the woman in black. And then she, like, goes to take some kid in a discotheque and then, like, does funky dance moves. (laughs) That's that's Woman in Black 3. Angel of Funk. That's what they'll call it. The Angel of Funk. Oh, man. Well... Well, well, sir, what do we do now, John? So, uh, now let's talk about the predictions we had in the beginning. Were any of these true? No. People survived the movie. One, the trailer made it seem like it was a mom and dad and their two kids moving to this house. No, it was a matron, like seven children, and some pilot. Yeah. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. So, one, I was wrong about that. Two, I was wrong that everyone died. Fucking, like, two kids died, total, out of, like, ten people. Fuck you, horror movie. Have a better body count. Yeah. And my prediction that Michael Caine would be in the movie was wrong. He's not in the movie. Well, he might be. We don't know. He could be. He could have played that crazy blind guy. That could have been a good job for Michael Caine. Yeah, Michael Caine showed up raving and he was like, Oh, I'm Michael Caine. I'm here to uh, tell you some things, collect a paycheck, and then I'm going to leave. Yeah. He's going to get a phone call from Christopher Nolan. Excuse me, I need to go provide fatherly wisdom. (laughs) Pardon me, Christopher Nolan is called... Oh, I need to go take this. <laughs> that's that's the story of Michael Caine. But he's not in the movie. What's wrong, Hammer Films? Did you not have $7? <laughs> Come on. What was your catering like that you couldn't get Michael Caine to show up for a sandwich? Yeah. I mean, he should... He's a, It's a British horror movie. He should have been in it on accident. <laughs> he should have wandered onto set and been like, Oh, what am I doing here? No one tell Michael Caine he's not in the movie. <laughs> Just point the camera at him and we'll edit it into something horrifying. <laughs> yeah. Oi, I could use a bagel. And then they just turn that into, Oi, I. And then he, like, stabs his eye out in editing. <laughs> Oi, <laughs> That's the story of Michael. <laughs> Goes to a guy in a Michael Caine mask. <laughs> she just keeps stabbing him. Oi, 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 oi. Okay, so just fucking nothing. No predictions. 
The trailer is garbage. The movie is garbage. Let's. It, you had one right. It was mostly shock scares. Yeah, that's it. And that that's like there were two maybe shots in this film that were like, oh, this is creepy. Instead of just well, the big the big hand anemone under the water was a well done shot that I thought was pretty neat. Yeah, and we get like one hand that like creepily goes onto someone's shoulder. They did the hand thing. Everything in this movie that's scary is hands, and they never set up why there's all these hands everywhere. Like there's hands creeping out of the walls and hiding in the ceiling and stuff, and they're never like, oh, those are the hands of the kids she's killed or anything. You never get anything like and that. And even then, it that sounds way creepier than it is because it's not like oh, hands coming out of the wall or the ceiling. No, it's like you can. If you're looking hard enough, see maybe a hand on the little hole in the ceiling, and it kind of slowly moves back. But the movie is so dark and shittily done that you're like, oh, I I might have just missed that. Yeah, the single scene with a hand in signs was scarier than all the hand scenes in this movie. Yeah. And that scene's kind of stupid. It's true. Yeah. So, uh, let's get to our best and worst in this. Jeff... What was the best thing in this movie for you? The hand anemone. That was kind of a neat shot. It reminded me of Lord of the Rings with that that swamp of the dead. It was kind of a cool looking shot. No, Edward, don't give in to the sadness. Yeah, yeah it also reminded me of the swamp of sadness and poor uh, Harry who had to go out like Artax. <laughs> Goes which, out like a as, bitch. As we know from our own system mastery poll, is the saddest part of the Neverland <laughs> story. As we all know, Artax was a bitch and that scene was bullshit. <laughs> I'm sorry, the scoreboard says something different. I'm sorry, I believe the scoreboard says that these are strong hands. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> so, so yeah, the hand anemone was pretty scary. John? Uh, okay, best thing in this movie is... I'm gonna at least go with fucking the raven scare. Like, that one shock scare is the only well-done jump scare they have in the movie... And even then, that was still in the fucking trailer for it. So you knew it was coming. Yeah, well, they had, and it's random. It literally has nothing to do with the rest of the movie, which means it was just, they knew that they had a pretty good shot, so they used it. Someone, oh, yeah. threw, someone threw a raven puppet at a window, and that's the best part of this movie. Well, it's why none of the other, like, bullshit, like, bus shop shock scares work, is because you're expecting a shock scare when it happens. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'm wandering around, and oh, it was a noise. Well, I can tell you how long we laughed at the bell. When she steps oh on a bell God. in the garden. That fucking bell scene is hilarious. Because it, it it amps the bell noise up to dramatic levels. Like, it's the most loud thing you've ever heard in your life. She steps on a little jingle bell out in the garden, and it's like, gong, gong, <laughs> gong, gong. The hunchback of Notre Dame is there. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's like, what did she step on? Did she step on a button that, that lent to a massive speaker system playing bells? <laughs> Okay, so least favorite thing in this movie. Uh, come on, narrow it down. Give me, uh, give me one. Give me one dumb thing. Edward is a shitty, annoying little kid, and I hate him. That movie cliche of this kid's parents died so he can't talk <laughs> is so annoying. Well, it's especially bad when he's surrounded by other kids that aren't being like as overreactive as he is. And sure, maybe he's a super special snowflake and he's having a rough time of it. Okay, but he's still just like. I'm creepy for no reason. Hi. Yeah, except, except instead of saying hi, he just... Writes write... a note that says hi. Yeah, that's... Yeah, he's annoying. And your least favorite thing? My least favorite thing in this is how goddamn dark it is. Yeah, I yeah. can't see a fucking thing. If this is a horror film and you're using darkness, use it well so that you go, oh, you're not supposed to be seeing things, and then, oh, it gets bright and you see scary stuff. But no, it's just... Everything's dark forever. Even when scary things are happening, you can't tell. Dark shadows are moving across a dark background. 
Johnny Depp is here for the movie Dark Shadows, and it's fucking terrifying because you don't want to see that movie. And his his uh, low rent doppelganger Skeet Ulrich is here for the movie Dark Background. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's go ahead and give this movie a score. The way we do it, we're each going to give this movie a score one to five. That is going to be combined to give the movie a score out of ten. Jeff, what do you rate The Woman in Black 2, Angel of Death? I'd rather see it if it was called Angel of Death. Angel? 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 Looney Tunes. Look it up. All right. No, I'm going to give this one a two. Okay. It had some reasonable, sca- a couple of interesting scares. I like the World War II angle. There was a neat scene where they were like, we'll have to go into the cellar because a horrifying thing is happening. Why? German bombers. Oh, that's actually a pretty clever reason for why people would have to go in the cellar. All right. Fair enough. So it had some, it just wasted all of its great ideas. The idea of having a horror scene set at a dummy airfield was brilliant, but the execution was boring. And that just kept happening. Yeah. So a World War II horror movie is a dream of mine. I would love to see a really good, well-made World War II horror movie where horrible things are happening. You know what would be awesome? A movie-length version of that one scene in Heavy Metal where there's, like, zombies or zombie ghosts on a B-17. I was going to say, it's mostly just that one episode of the first new season of Doctor Who. Yeah, or that one episode of uh, Unbelievable Journeys or Discoveries or whatever. You know, it was one of those horror anthology series. Oh, yeah, Amazing Stories. Amazing Stories, where the the guy draws the the, uh, landing gear for the B-17 back on. Oh, fuck yeah, I own that shit. Yeah, that's... So... That kind of thing. Supernatural World War II is like one of my favorite possible things. And every time you see it, it was made as cheaply as you could because World War II shit is cheap. So it's always like, zombie Nazis are coming out of the ice. And so it's boring. Just give me something that's on an airplane or something cool. That's what I want. So two. Okay, there you go. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give this film a one and a half. Mm -hmm. I was really angry and bored throughout the entire film. Mm -hmm. Either bored or angry that when they were trying to do something, it was terrible. Yeah, no, it was really boring and stupid. I'm surprised I'm giving it a higher rating than you, but I, I have such high hopes for World War II stuff. You know, oh, yeah, because I don't give a fuck about World War II, yeah. so that didn't earn me any points. Yeah, so that, So there, there you, you go. go. It's a three and a half. Out of ten. Out of ten. So, Woman in Black 2, wouldn't recommend it. Do not recommend. So, join us next week is going to be the last week of our Horror Toberfest podcasts, and of course, I will be doing the written reviews every single day for the rest of the month. So check that out, systemmasterypodcast.com. You can find all of the written reviews, all of our, the rest of our podcast, System Mastery and Afterthought. We just had an interview with uh, David Sherdwan recently. So uh, he does a lot of uh, micro RPG, and he's got a new Kickstarter out right now, so you can check that out. And we've got uh, our uh, social media stuff, so Twitter, at System Mastery, Facebook, System Mastery. If you like us on uh, iTunes or Stitcher, Rate us highly. That helps us out. Not in that we actually get anything from it, but, you know, it's neat. I got a t-shirt. Didn't you get a t-shirt? Didn't you get that t-shirt that said, thanks for someone giving you a five-star rating? Yeah, yeah, because that's something that iTunes cares about deeply. So deeply. Yeah. So deep puts their ass to sleep. (laughs) There you go. So, thank you so much for joining us. Join us next week, and have a spooky Halloween. Spookies. (laughs) Spookies.